Hi, I'm Millie Thomas, an eating disorder recovery coach. We've created this podcast to raise awareness about all types of eating disorders and help dispel some of the many myths and stigma that unfortunately still surround them. It feels like it's like a drug. You know it's bad because you know like this is hurting me, but it somehow makes you feel like you're doing something right. My eating disorder started at seven. You get to that point where you just, you just don't know what to do. This is the End Eating Disorders podcast, brought to you by BCU, customer-owned banking for you. It's been a long and at times slow process. (sighs) The eating disorder's in charge and your daughter's not there. Find someone that you trust more than you trust your eating disorder self. I was in tears and I was screaming at the nurses, give me something to eat, my baby is kicking me. You cannot do this to this life that has no voice yet. There is hope. everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have the amazing Talia Tabone with me. She is a beautiful artist and she has her own lived experience and I am so, so grateful for her joining us today. Thank you for having me, my love. Now I want to start off with giving our listeners a little bit of an insight into, into your journey with eating disorders and how it's got you to doing the incredible work that you're doing now. Mm. Where to begin? Yeah, my experience with an eating disorder happened quite early. I was 13. It kind of started from there. It was first facilitated through body image and lack of confidence, but mainly it affected me heavily when I was 16, 17, turned into binge eating disorder. I used to work out at the gym burning all the calories that I ate that day and yeah it was a very intense time but also looking back at it is it has been what has made me who I am now. And so how long did you did you struggle for? From probably from when I was 13 was when it first started. The insecurities and stuff kind of grew into something. Yeah from when I was 13 probably to when I was about 20, 19, 20. When I was 19, 20 it started to transmute into strength it started to transmute into actually what it was there for was there to guide me to grow me and um yeah so my growth probably happened when I was 2021 from that experience when did you know that that it was an issue and and that it wasn't what you were experiencing what wasn't normal and and it was a problem it was probably when the age of 15 16 when I didn't go out to dinner with my family because I didn't want to, I didn't know how many calories were in the food. So it started getting possessive and it was affecting relationships and even affecting my personality. I was quite introverted and actually wasn't confident and lost, didn't lose friendships, but my friendships became very different due to the intensity of the experience. It is like that. I love that you use that word possessive because it does. It takes you over. It takes you over. Yeah, it really does. And yeah, even talking now and just looking back at that, reflecting on that time, it was so intense, especially um, I'm sure the younger you are and not having the tools and to know how to hold yourself through an experience like that is, yeah, it's a very intense time. 
I think I always say that it felt like it dug its claws in before I even knew. And then so Mm. once I realized this is an issue, it was Mm. like I was too far gone to be able to pull myself out of it. And I Mm -hmm. think you're right, you know, at that really formative age, it's hard to have the perspective or the knowledge Mm. or, as you say, the tools Mm. to be able to go, hang on, we need to turn this around. Mm. And to elaborate on that at the same time, which I know you have – grown into an incredible woman because of that experience like that experience is actually what made your tools you know like during that time you actually found a strength like it's more powerful than you anticipate but then that ignites the opportunity to discover that there's more to you than you think and then that's when the magic happens and that's actually how you truly transform through an experience like this you know which no one can teach you because you have to find it within yourself and I think the intensity and the extremities of an eating disorder as such like we've discussed before it's a it's food you can't just give up food you have a really toxic relationship with with food but you still have to have breakfast and lunch and so yeah it's very it's very intense but at the same time because of the intensity the reward is just as great when you overcome it I think absolutely I often say that I think if someone can conquer an eating disorder, and I believe everybody has the ability to do that, then you can do anything because I I feel that it's the hardest thing that I will have ever had Mm. to face in my life because it's this light and this dark and this constant just battle that is relentless and so, so, as you say, intense. Mm. Definitely. I always, especially in moments like this, like in my life, and I reflect in a pattern or something that's going on, I'm like, hang on a second. I did that at that age. Like, I can do this. It's almost like a, you know, a reflection of like, hang on, you've got it, you've got it in the bag. You know what you're doing. You know, I've, I've found that in moments. Did you have any, any therapy or treatment for your eating disorder? Um, I'd love to share a little story. I remember going to one counsellor therapist only once and I walked in and she said, this is something that – you are probably going to have to live with for the rest of your life and, you know, that's the standard. And, of course, bless them, they follow a book and they follow the rules and, you know, the structure. But that moment is actually what ignited that fire. I was like, no, I'm not. Like I can't (laughs) – so defensive, that little defensive fire in me was like, no, I don't agree with that. And it's like, okay, so who's not agreeing with you? There's obviously this spark in here. But most of the therapy was through – going within I spent days journaling every day I was journaling writing and discovered this love and the support with myself which was incredible and also incredible friends incredible support my mum was an incredible support my family was incredible support um yeah people who saw me beyond the experience that I was having that was my therapy definitely including myself when I saw myself beyond the beyond the experience that was when I started to grow, definitely. When did that happen? Uh, probably started when I moved to Ellie Beach when I was 18. And I remember I, yeah, a beautiful friend of mine, dear friend, Tracy, she she observed my, me and just loved me anyway in my glory. And I remember she took me to a... Um, Woolworths in the confectionery aisle and she's like pick a chocolate you know I pick a chocolate you know every night I pick a chocolate and I just had a little anxiety attack just like oh my god like you know wow and anyway 
I think I picked a Kit Kat or something, and I ate the Kit Kat, and it was fine. I didn't feel to eat anything else. It was the first the time. The world I'm like, didn't end. The world didn't end, and I thought, <laughs> the wow. revelation. And that was huge time. Um, yeah, huge shout out to Tracy because she supported me in an incredible way, you know. And that was probably when I started to f- change and flip and moved out of home and got my own apartment and yeah, spent a lot of time with myself. When you live by yourself, that's the greatest medicine ever. Did you use anything like meditation or yoga or anything like that to help you with that journey within? Um, at the start, not really. Um, my mum is very in tune and she she has that nature effortlessly, that meditative nature and her love is so unconditional that it enabled me to find that love within myself. Yeah, and I started really tapping into meditation maybe when I was around 19, 20. You know, it was, yeah, 1920, like four years ago. (laughs) And properly, you know, like actually using the meditation. And for me, writing was my meditation. I think it's so important for people to understand that because I think people think sometimes that meditation is this perfect divine practice. Mm. And for you to say things like, you know, writing was my meditation for Mm. me, the beach Mm. my meditation mm-hmm. I can just you know sit there for hours and I don't necessarily have to have my eyes closed yeah. sitting in a particular yeah. position yeah but it is that by nature the rolling waves all of those sort of things and feeling really grounded yeah still has that meditative effect yeah especially at the beach when you observe an ocean you see how it's got incredible power and it's so still but it still experiences the waves at the same time right so meditation it's it's kind of has this stigma that, like you said, you have to be perfect. You have to be still and not think about anything. But actually what meditation is, is sitting with yourself. So you don't have to not feel pain in order to meditate, if that makes sense. So sometimes the most painful experiences I've ever had, I sit with it because that's all it needs. It doesn't need to be saved. It doesn't need to be healed. It just needs to be heard. And that's when it transforms. It's like, okay, you've heard me. And the only actual person that needs to hear it is yourself the only person that actually can hold it is yourself and that's what meditation is a beautiful tool for because it allows you to do that and it's scary at the same time because you know sometimes you face parts of yourself you don't want to admit exist (laughs) but at the same time when you love those parts of yourself it's it's incredibly transformative what would you say to people who would say I can't possibly sit with that feeling. I can't possibly sit there in that space. Mm. It is it is too overwhelming for me. Mm. How would you suggest that they start learning to, mm. to just be with that? Well, the first thing is to also sit with the fact that you don't want to sit with that. So actually acknowledge where you're at. And in moments of meditation, instead of actually having to face yourself or do anything or fix yourself, no, you don't actually need fixing. All you need to do is breathe and as simple as that is, but if you actually focus on the inhale of your breath, the exhale of your breath, you focus on the sensations that exist in your hand, whether you know it or not, you focus on the sensations that are in your arms, in your legs, all of a sudden it brings this sense of peace to what you're experiencing. All of a sudden what you are afraid of facing doesn't actually seem as strong anymore because you have another awareness. It's not you are not it anymore, you are with it. Does that make sense? And the only way to really tap into that if it's the first time is to start with your breathing, to 
to actually understand that you are in control of your breath just as you're in control of your thoughts, just as you're in control of your responses to your experience. I love that because often we feel that we aren't in control and we don't have a choice. Oh, yes. And I'd love to elaborate on that because I said this to a beautiful girl the other day. She goes, I can't handle it. And it's like, so don't. If you can't handle it, surrender to it. And when you actually yes. surrender to it, you allow, you're like, all right, I'm not in control anymore. All of a sudden, your power ignites because there isn't this someone that's trying to dictate everything. Just you are that power effortlessly, you know, and you actually don't, you, it, the power is ignored when there's something else, a part of you that's trying to coordinate your life, if that makes sense. So in the, those moments as well, it's like, I can't handle it. It's like, well, not handling it is handling it at the same time. Were there moments before you were able to to really go within and and transform? Yeah. Were there moments where you felt hopeless? Like oh when you saw that counsellor and things like that. So I, from your reaction, I'm guessing there were moments. <laughs> yeah. There has to be. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you how did you keep that flame of hope alive? How did you keep that burning within yourself? Ah. <sighs> Yeah, I, I had incredible dark moments like, really young with myself, like looking in the mirror just thinking there's no hope whatsoever. But then there was like little tastes almost, little moments or little breaths of fresh air as much as they were, you know, so light or so temporary. Like I had a moment where I remember I was just on my laptop and I didn't think about food. I didn't think about the issue and I'm like, oh, wow that's possible you know and then all of a sudden when you realize that happens it comes back again yes but it was that and I thought okay and fortunately I was surrounded by incredible support incredibly loving parents and family so there was never that sense of hopelessness where I wasn't supported within what I was going through as well um yeah so so incredibly grateful for that because that's what you always need unconditional love through that experience you know, so that unconditional love that was within my life in the form of friends, family and eventually myself, that's what that's what got me through. Yeah. But those little glimpses is what, what it is. And to know that those little glimpses exist. Yeah. You've got to hold on tight yeah. to them, breathe them yeah, in yeah. and hold them within yourself. Yeah, bring them to life. Yes. Because you have a comparison, you have something to compare to. And in the moments where... It's really dark and you're like, this is it. This is this is all that there is. There's no light coming. It's like it's like seasons. You need to experience a winter and an autumn in order for summer and spring to appear. So to know that you're in the winter, be in the winter, immerse yourself in the winter, meditate. Meditation is the blanket. It doesn't take it away or listening to music, music therapy or therapy is just the blanket during the winter. But then just know after winter comes spring. After spring comes summer. It's inevitable. It's a part of nature. We are nature. So with that knowing, even if you're in winter, you're like, no, nah, I don't agree. No, nah. <laughs> it's too cold. Yeah. No, nah, I don't even want your blankets. <laughs> it's, that's an inevitable part of the experience. That will happen. It's not even a, I hope this happens for you. That's the process of it. The... <laughs> 
unconditional love piece is so important yeah because so often we are judged or we are stigmatized for for suffering Mm. with whatever mental illness it is Mm. that that has touched us and I think it's so important to know that we are loved regardless of that Mm. and also like you were saying before it's like we are not our eating disorders you know when people say you know I am anorexic no you have anorexia you're not you know, I am bulimic. No, you have bulimia or binge eating disorder yeah. or whatever it yeah. is. It is not you. You are yeah. not your eating disorder. You are you. Yeah, that's a huge one. Attaching and identifying to the experience that you're having. Yes. And if there's one thing that can help you is to not attach or identify it to, like perfectly what you said, release that identification. Because when you identify to the strength that is actually holding you through that experience rather than the actual experience itself that will guide you and you will find that you are your own guide in that sense, you know, and that unconditional love as well, huge and incredibly important to to state where if someone on the external level, a friend or a loved one is going through an incredibly intense experience, look beyond that experience, look at who they are beyond the pattern, beyond the conditioning, beyond the, you know, and love them. Because when you see someone, they then see themselves. So that's so powerful. And that has transformed incredible lives. Because when you see and you give power to that, that's what fuels. When you give power to that, that's what fuels. When you see the love and the beauty within someone and only that, even if the pattern and the aggression and the darkness is taking place, it also deserves to be honoured because it is beautiful. It is just power and energy. There is no duality in that sense still intense but love it regardless that's what unconditional love is you know it's beyond condition and to not expect anything in return from that person because a person cannot love you if they're in the process of learning how to love themselves you know yes Mm. I do know I do know too (laughs) (laughs) um that is a perfect sort of segue into what I want to ask you about next in terms of love. Cool. So this is fun. Ha- have you come? <laughs> have you come to a place of acceptance with your body now? Yes. Oh man, definitely, definitely. How did how did you do that? Because so often people say to me, you know, how did you learn to love your body? And and the first thing I say is that in the beginning, it was about acceptance Mm. and sitting with it and, and almost that, that sense of body neutrality. Mm. Um, and, and for me, it really helped to be grateful for what my body could Mm. do for me. But what was it like for you? How did you get to that space? To answer that, it's so intricate because it was such a long process. So I don't even know how years like years because even a few years ago there's still moments of that insecurity or like even now I get like little reminders of what that was I'm like oh wow hey nice to see you again old friend you know (laughs) but I think like you said it's first the acceptance it's surrendering to all right look I've given up I can't be bothered worrying about this anymore it was that that did it at the start and then yeah, letting go and just actually eating whatever the – can I swear? Yeah. Whatever the fuck I wanted, <laughs> you know, and there was that element probably gained weight but then you like, uh, yeah, I'm still alive. I've still got friends. Like This is the thing, right? Like, think this is okay. Literally well, thing. Okay, all right. And I'm like, yeah, maybe a bit chubby but it's okay, I guess. Wow. Like, this is new. <laughs> yeah. 
Totally. And recognizing and sitting in that space and knowing, you know, like I, I remember we had this conversation the other day around sitting in that overshoot space and mm. and just being okay with it and yeah. knowing that yeah. Oh my goodness, life is still going on around me. Yeah. And no one actually really Gives cares. Shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And yeah. it is so liberating yeah. to just embrace yourself. Yeah. Literally. And then what that turned into for me personally was looking at my body and actually wanting to nurture it. It's like, okay, like I feel like this and I don't want to actually feel like this anymore so I'm gonna eat well because I've, that's what I want to do and then also what you eat and how you what you do in your on your, in in your life and what you know is in your external is just a reflection of what's going on within you as well so I found if I was eating food or eating the food that you know wasn't actually fueling my body it was a reflection of what I wasn't listening to and even physically the human body's incredible what it's capable of and what it can do and your perception of that and the power of your mind actually because it's just like repetition like how the eating disorder actually came about naturally is because of this repetition this body image what we're exposed to in the media and friends and all that you know but then the power of the mind the subconscious mind and how you can actually undo that same principle and fuel it with the incredible ability that the human body has and actually what it is it's a vessel it's a tool it's its own universe within a universe it's got incredible ability and what you can explore with that and even yeah tapping into your sexuality and stuff like that and exploring the woman a part part of your body as well powerful so powerful and that happens through time you know time is our tool in that sense it's our friend <laughs> I love that time is our tool yeah time is our tool yeah and we use it as it's like oh god you know but it is it's um yeah it's there for us and even if it's like oh you know it's getting too much it's like just breathe and come to peace with the undesired I think that's what I'm really cultivating at the moment it's no attachment to the desired and being content with the non-desired at the same time and then I'm always at peace no matter the circumstance and yeah as a result when I'm at peace everything happens around me through that peaceful nature the what I want to eat what I want to fuel myself with who I'm surrounded by that happens inevitably because of everything's a reflection of who I am so the reason I'm saying this is this has come from my experiences through an eating disorder so it's your fuel. Experiences this intense and this extreme is your fuel and your guide in order to actually cultivate the greatest version of yourself. And that's why even t tapping into like what's your experience in it, I remember even starting this conversation coming from a, like a negative point of view, but it's like I don't even have a negative outlook on it anymore, you know, and that's, that's incredible. And everyone can do that. It's not even like, oh, you're a, you're a one-off. <laughs> that's not true. It's that's what experiences and the most intense dark experiences are made for. They're made to fuel you, to grow you, to everything that you always meant to be. I could not agree more. With I know every word you're you're a version. Said. You're exactly you're yeah a form of that. I knew that when I first met you. <laughs> I mean that. Thank you. <laughs> now music played an integral part in yeah. in your healing journey. So can you talk to me a little bit about how that evolved? Yeah. 
like the music music side of things you know I grew up in the industry dad being an entertainer and in the industry it was always an outlet I think seeing any gigs and getting up on stage I left every problem when I sung I left every thought I wasn't the thought anymore I was just me singing and in the form of singing and what it did to everyone else and how it made me feel it felt like home and then when I was off the stage I'm like oh god now I'm back at this again you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) but going back to one of your previous questions that's also something that kind of guided me through is also singing um but what I also found is music not original my personal original music but music that other people have created through their experiences that were like an anthem or they were the words that I wanted to say or express but I didn't know how so you hear that and it's like oh like I feel that you know mine was actually a Michael Bublé song lost and I listened to it on repeat and it's a love song but I didn't interpret it to be like a male and female it was like the two the duality within myself singing you know I've watched the whole thing fall and this darkness but then the chorus like you are not alone I am there with you and we'll get lost together that was me holding myself in that experience oh hello so um that was um huge part huge part of my healing was music and musical theater I did a lot of musical theater during those times performing that was when I first started tapping into performing I think that's why it excelled so much in the beginning because I needed it. <laughs> it saved me, I guess, in a, in a sense. But then again, it didn't save me. I saved myself because in that form, in that form of music, in that th- form of therapy. Talk to me about the, the work that you do now with music therapy. How does that work? Um, it's, it happened quite organically. Um, I was doing a, a show in Melbourne and the beautiful family came in and booked me for this young girl's birthday 19th birthday and I set up a little microphone for her and she was singing along and the next day she was forming more words than she ever has she was actually told when she was born she wasn't going to be able to talk or walk and they said do you do music therapy and I said I haven't explored it but let's try and I've been working with her for two years um yeah just bringing joy and that unconditional love and her name's Katie and she brings me just as much love and joy you know through that experience definitely and recently um yeah tapping into the therapy with the girls at the facility that was an incredible experience because it was like an opportunity for me to be what I wish I had you know and that's the approach in what I do and even my approach in music. Clean slate, I have really, I don't feel to do the gigs and the work that I have done in past because my intention has completely shifted and cemented into the service of love, the service of actually loving so much, loving unconditionally to the point that person learns to love themselves. That's why I love. That's why I do what I do. It's not, I'm going to teach you and I'm going to heal you. It's like, no, I'm going to hold the space for you to heal yourself. And that's what music is, you know. I'm just a transparent facilitator, transparent vessel that is only unconditional love and only a reflection of you. What would you say to someone who 
who was wondering, well, is music therapy, would, would that work for me? Like, is it the right thing? I don't know. You know, if they had sort of doubts in their minds, like what are your thoughts on, you know, is it something that is something that everybody mm. can can tap into? Yeah, it's. I think it's that cliche, if you if you don't know and you haven't tried it, give it a go. Because you, if you give it a go, you haven't lost anything. You might have the experience be like, that was absolute rubbish. I've never done that again. <laughs> but then you know, and then that's it. Yeah, and then at the same time, it could change your life. It could be a moment where it was just complete clarity or you felt like you've just given yourself a hug, which you didn't even know you were capable of doing through music therapy. It doesn't mean you have to sing along to the songs. It's not even that element, you know. And music therapy can vary. You can do, like, hold a space and facilitate music and the person listening can tap into themselves or it's an approach where you actually sing along and you ignite that fire and that voice within you to actually sing out which takes so much confidence singing and music and being an artist is such a vulnerable thing you know it's you in the form of a voice in the form of you know instrumentation and the opportunity to be judged and I think the basis of why needing disorder exists is for one we judge ourselves and two, we were worried about how other people will judge us. So that is why it's an incredible tool because when you actually are allowing yourself to be unconditionally pure like you were when you were a child, like you sing on the top of your lungs, it has the ability to eliminate that, to, yeah, really like, okay, well, that's done. I don't judge myself as much. And as a result, then you start, it's, you know, it's a ripple effect. Mm. yeah to really dismantle those those mm. old values and yeah. beliefs and conditioning yeah and to uh, and to replace it with something else because you have this conditioning this program that's been created and formulated but not to undo it you replace it with something else so it's like okay now I have a new association to that so it's like once when I was judging myself now I don't judge myself it's like okay I'm going to choose that one like we said when you have no comparison you don't you only have the one choice it feels dark so and you know yeah sometimes incredibly dark so in moments like yeah singing on the top of your lungs because why the fuck not <laughs> and yes. it's liberating hence karaoke oh my god the you know there's some beautiful people the other day I was walking down the street and there was this beautiful man just singing on top of his lungs didn't have it, like headphones I wasn't listening to anything he was just singing and then me and dad started singing down the street as well harmonizing and it's like oh, that's what you do isn't it you know, like return to that child that was untouched by this tarnished belief system, this tarnished society conditioning, because it's never been you. You've, you've just been, you know, experiencing it. You've been with it, but it has never been you, ever. That is, that's, that's when, I don't know what things, that is, but, you know, I'm running out of words. <laughs> things start to shift and you have yeah. those light bulb moments. Yeah, and, yeah. And, Perfect. And, as you said it perfectly. <laughs> but music as a vehicle for that, mm. I think. I know myself, music, and it's it was my recovery and still is a really important part mm. of my life. I put music on the moment I wake up in the morning mm. when I'm getting dressed. Oh, I'm yeah. listening to it constantly in the car. I'll be listening to it in the supermarket. Yeah. I will put – I have different playlists for different moods. You know, if I really feel like I need to cry and release emotion, I have a playlist for that. And I think 
for me listening to lyrics just sitting just being and just letting the music flow Mm. I think is such a powerful thing and Mm. I think then to take it to that next level with you there as a facilitator helping people to almost unlock parts of themselves Mm -hmm. that perhaps they didn't want to to let you know come to life or didn't even know that they were there in the first place yes that's it igniting that power they didn't even know existed which is what holds everything you are that power and more um and that's exactly right music I listen to music every morning and sometimes not even lyrics sometimes it's just like frequencies as well you know like sometimes even when I've got a headache music's so powerful and you go on YouTube and you're like you know headache relief you know music and Sometimes it's meditation music, but it's just, you know, a certain frequency that resonates with your body and you just go to sleep, you got the music playing in the background, you wake up, it's gone. So there's certain frequencies as well that actually resonate to different parts, whether it be healing or grief or find that 432 hertz is a very powerful frequency. For the session that I did with the girls, I actually tuned the music to 432 and when I actually sung, my chest vibrates. So it's coming from that heart space rather than singing, you know, from the throat, whatever, you know. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Music's so beautiful for that. And there's so much to there's so much music to explore. And another thing as well, music, how it's created, it's people's love, it's people's creation. And that's what you feel when you listen to it. You They've feel poured their heart and soul into oh, it. And the energy into the producing and the time and the the passion. You know, that's also what's comforting you when you listen to music. And we just listen to music and we're like, oh, that's a great song, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but actually, like, the amount of work and dedication and vulnerability that went into that too. Like, vulnerability, you write a song, you put it out there to the world, it might people might not like it. But, yeah, you experience all that at the same time. And you've got a couple of other projects that you you're working on at the moment as well. Tell me about those. Yeah, I've literally just started to tap into what, I'm all about which is the power of self-love and the power of activating that inner guide and that inner power which we all have and are capable of and I think at the time with everything that's going on in the world it's an incredible opportunity to go inwards to really discover that because inevitably the time that we have in our hands and the yes. isolation that we're in we are facing ourselves so and some people don't have the tools or understanding on how to do that so it was mainly just an instinctive pull to create social platforms you know Instagram um, Facebook as well to just acoustically and authentically put out my original music and write a little spiel on the inspiration and what it's there for my thoughts on different topics and stuff like that as well and just purely a form of my unconditional love that I can do because you can't you know, at the moment I'm in your living room. I can't hug the world. <laughs> but if there's any, But you can try. But if there's any way that I can contribute to loving people that are, you know, in incredible distance, it would be through the form of social media. And I've always been really hesitant to use social media, but now that it's something that I'm so passionate about, I'm like, wow, social media is a tool. And I've always known it's a tool, but I've never actually used it because yes. I, I was never passionate about Talia as a singer like that didn't drive me it was like loving people is what I'm here to do this is what drives me isn't it amazing (laughs) when we go through these things and then that sense of just knowing yeah 
that you are here on this earth doing what you are meant to do. And everything that has happened yeah. up until this point has yeah. led you to this moment, being here, yeah. doing exactly what we were put on this earth, earth to, to do. do. And at yeah. the time when you're in that dark space and you're fighting and it feels like it's never ending, yeah. you, if someone had said that to me, I would have been like, you are mm. you know, ridiculous, mm. you're delusional. Yeah. But, you know, it's something that we have both experienced, getting that sense of absolutely knowing that this is what we were meant to do. Yeah. And pre our experiences with eating disorders, we probably did would never have imagined or thought that this is what we would be doing. Yeah, 100%. And I've really come to that recently. It's just like solidified that this is what you're doing here. And being the eating disorder being the tool in order to actually learn how to love myself and not only that but you learn how to love yourself in relationships and experiences as well the deepest darkest ones it's that fire this fuel now and whether it be in the form of music in the form of a book in the form of you know social media and photos posts I don't know what do you call them (laughs) (laughs) I'm still new to the social media world but I'm getting used to it I think yeah that that's what's so and that's what's important. That's the only thing that's important, really. That's what will hold everything. That's what will transcend everything. It's just the non-judgment, the non-duality of right and wrong. You're wrong, I'm right. It's like whatever you think, I love you regardless. <laughs> you know? That's that's where the power lies. What's the most valuable thing that you think your eating disorder has taught you? My strength. Mainly, and it's it's in, actually really cool to point this out, it's the strength even during the, not just overcoming it, but even during it, you know, like actually saying I'm not going to eat that, the discipline that I was capable of. It's like, wow, all right, I have this this strength and this, this discipline, which I'm obviously not going to be doing that again because I can't be bothered, but it's I'm going to use that discipline that I know I have and implement it into something else. You know, there's that element too, but also the strength of actually overcoming it as well. That's incredible. And that's something that remi- like is a little reminder every time I feel like I'm in a hurdle. It's like, hang on, like, or in a pattern, more like a, a mental pattern that I want to break. I'm like, oh, well, I broke that one. Yeah, this is fine. It's that going back and reflecting, but also the power of love, the power of what actually how how incredibly transformative love is and that the only way that we can truly transform the world is by loving ourselves. That's it. It starts with you. And that's what this does. Any experience, any addiction really, whether it be alcohol, drugs or any darkness that you're facing, it, it's the same facilitator. That's all it is. It's just a facilitator in order for you to activate this power that you, are all, you have always been and always will be. Even when you're not here anymore. That's so powerful. Would you be willing to share one of your songs yeah. with our listeners today? Of course, of course. You mentioned me you mentioned this to me yesterday. I was like, yes, yes. Amazing. Yeah, love to. Absolutely love Amazing. To. All yeah. right, let's Beautiful. do it. Let's do it.
In the dark, consumed by you, nowhere to run or turn to, no words describe the suffering, beaten down, may the pain be over now. Despite it all, despite this wall, you feel incapable to cross over. You are the light, although sometimes you can't keep your head from going under. You will find peace of mind. Peace of mind. Surrender. Give it time. You will find peace of Forget for a moment. Listen now. Lay your head down and breathe in the silence. Escape your life. Fall free from the inside. You are not your thoughts. Nor are you the cause of all the pain that you seem to know. Cease holding on to all the wrong. You don't have to move on to let go.
thank you so, so, so much. That just spoke right to my soul and you had me tearing up. It you are you are incredible. You are absolutely incredible. Your voice is is magic. I cannot I thank you. you enough. I love you thank too. You. There is hope at ended.org.au. This is the End Eating Disorders Podcast, brought to you by BCU, customer-owned banking for you. This is a Casco Media Production.